we lift up your name in this place. Love the line that says, we cannot run your glory, your majesty, Father. And so maybe there's someone here in this room that needs to be reminded of that, that they're in their lowest place and they feel like you're as far as can be from them. But God, you can't be outrun. So draw them near. Remind them while we're singing to your name that that you're healer, that you're powerful, that whatever we whatever we need in our lives, we can count on you, God. And that's been something that I have seen time and time and again recently in my life. And so I pray that if there's someone here that needs that, that you would give that to them. God, we love you. You're worthy. And that's why we sing to you. We pray in Jesus' name.
God, we uh, lift you up. Thankful, thankful for this building that we can gather in, that we can sing to you, that we can worship you. And God, I know it, some of us might be singing, some of us might be just listening, some of us are struggling to articulate kind of how we're feeling or what we're experiencing in life, and I'm thankful that you meet us exactly where we are. You don't call us to dress ourselves up and make ourselves look good, expecting, you know, showing this face that everything is perfect, and and that's what you ask us. You ask us to just come as we are, and you meet us where we're at. And so, God, I just thank you that we can come to you, we can bring everything and lay it on the table and know that you don't see us for our past, you don't see us for our future, you don't see us for... God, the things that we do currently on our best day, your word says that our deeds are like filthy rags. You only see us through the lens of Jesus Christ because of his death and resurrection. That's how you see us. You see Jesus. And so in the powerful name of Jesus, we just lift him up this morning and we ask all things in his name. Amen. Good morning, church. You guys alive? All right. Make sure you say hello to those around you. Glad you guys are here. It is a it is a November day, right? Sliding into November. I'm glad we're here and loving this series, loving loving how we open up the Word of God and He speaks to us. He changes our lives, and I'm so thankful for that. So, a few things I want to share with you. If you pass the friendship folders down the rows, um, so this Friday night we have our Fall Blitz, which is an overnighter for grades 5th through 12th grade. It's for our student ministry, and it is going to be a night with games and just a lot of fun. There will be food. If I know anything about student ministry, food is key. And so there's going to be food, and it's just going to be 24 hours of goodness, and they're going to be talking about how to be a disciple that makes disciples, to be a disciple that follows after the example of Jesus. And so that's this Friday. And so you can grab Pastor Eric. Uh, he'll be around as well. You can go on our website and get more information. Um, that's this Friday. And then next weekend is Veterans Day weekend. So uh, our own uh, Eric McElvenny, my cousin-in-law, will be sharing the message next weekend. So uh, invite a vet to join you next weekend as we uh, just we thank these men and women who serve our country and that we can... Uh, lift up the name of Jesus next weekend. So join us next weekend for Veterans Day. Eric will be speaking on Saturday as well as both services on Sunday. It's going to be a special weekend. And then make sure you grab one of these boxes. You probably saw me in the lobby with the wearing one of these boxes, the gigantic one. It's, my job is to make you feel better about yourself. So just remind yourself. That's why I do it. But if you grab one of these boxes, bring it back the week of November 18th through the 25th. Um, you can bring it into the lobby, and uh, we will take it from you. And, and we're so excited to be on mission. This is just a part of our mission, 
to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so you can grab these in the lobby, grab one, grab two, grab three, grab four. Um, and then also on November 17th, we're going to be having a packing party for, um, from 530 until 7 o'clock in the gym. Uh, desserts, we're going to bring, you know, have desserts and hot chocolate, and it's going to be a great time. So you'll see little slips of paper on the lobby table. Grab one of those to bring donations um, and to pack for the packing party on the 17th. Also, the week of the 18th through the 25th, if you're able to help out during the day um, as we receive boxes, would you um, sign up in the lobby? You can talk to Wade um, or Deb Metcalf in the lobby, and they'll get you signed up to help during the day, um, the week of um, the 18th through the 25th. And so we're really just thankful for this opportunity to, to bless these kids and to point them to the greatest gift, which is Jesus Christ. On November 27th, we're going to be having our Thanksgiving Eve service, 7 o'clock. A night of testimony, of communion and worship will be in here in the auditorium. And it's going to be just a good time to spend time with our church family and then have Thanksgiving the next day with our other family. So that's going to be on the 27th at 7 p.m. right here in the auditorium. The 6th and 7th of December, market calendars. We got our Christmas theater, and it's going to be a Christmas dessert theater. And it's, yeah, I know, right? We're excited. Welcome to, welcome to Bethlehem. And so you can grab tickets on our website now, and that's going to be the 6th and the 7th. There's a, there's a 7 o'clock on the 6th, a matinee at 1 on the 7th, and a 7 p.m. on the 7th as well. So all kinds of opportunities to, to bring our friends, invite people as we continue to just be on mission to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to invite Deb to come on up as the ushers come on forward. I'm going to invite Deb to come up and share a little bit about what's happening in the Operation Christmas Child world. Very much. Um, first thing I want to do is thank everyone here for being supportive of this ministry, for being involved in it. Um, a couple months ago, whenever I met with the pastors and, and tried to give an overview of what we were going to try to do this year, um, I, this just consumes my heart, this ministry to, to children through the shoeboxes. And I told them it basically gives everybody who takes a shoebox an opportunity to be a missionary. Um, I, one of the privileges that I have, one of the pleasures, is being involved with the organization year-round. And when we have our meetings to brainstorm what's coming up, what's new for the next year, over and over I get stories of what has happened in the lives of kids around the world who have received these shoe boxes. There's one that's really special to me, and I'm going to save that for the end. I just want to do a quick little business thing here. And... Um, First of all, I do want to encourage you. I see the piles from, from where they were last week when I first came in and went, oh, they folded all these boxes to where we are now is just wonderful. But I do want to encourage you, even though this is a faith-based outreach, it's not limited to people of faith to be involved. Um, if you're involved with like um, a sporting group, like a softball team or something, um, I know that there are like brownie troops that get involved in this. Um, one person that I love very dearly continues to take 30 boxes into his workplace okay. every year, and we get 30 boxes back from his coworkers every year. Um, so think in, in the big picture. Do, or do you move in circles where there are people that could uh, take part in this program? Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention, as Pastor Eric mentioned, the little tickets on the shoebox table are for donations. Now, I am so looking forward to this packing party. This is going to be an adventure. I've heard of other churches that do this and thought, well, we should do this too. So this is our first outing. But we're only going to have stuff to pack. 
if you guys take tickets and bring the stuff in. Um, I asked my boss last year, where do you get the stuff for your packing parties? And she, and she said, well, you go to the store and you get it. it. It's not like manna from heaven. So we're depending on you guys to bring in stuff to donate that we can pack in the boxes. And the last thing is the story of a little boy from Africa that it won't let go of me. Um, there was a distribution going on in an African country. And there was one little boy that after he got his box just cried and cried and cried. The Samaritan's Purse volunteer couldn't get him calmed down enough to open it. He just kept crying. When they finally got him calmed down, he told the worker, I can't open this because my brother's not here to get one with me. So the worker finally convinced him to open the box. And in that box was two of everything. So he had enough to share with his brother. Um, This is what God does. So when you're in Walmart, when you're in the dollar store saying, God, what should I put in the box? God is right there. And whatever he leads you to, he has a child somewhere in the world whose heart is going to be touched forever. So this is big. And and again, I get to hear the stories all the time. And um, thank you. I can't thank you enough for taking part in this. Thanks, Deb. Let's thank God for Deb. I love I love what you said, Deb, that when you grab these boxes, it's an opportunity for us to be a missionary. Isn't that cool? I love that. That's really cool. That's real tangible. Um, as we go before the Lord and, and, and thank Him for this offering we're about to receive, if you're new with us, feel free to participate. This is for those who call this church their home. You're welcome to, to participate, but feel free to, to let the plate pass. Um, you can also grab an orange card in front of you and fill out a prayer request. We'd love to pray for you, and that could be your offering this morning, but... This is such a great place. I love this place. So let's continue to go before the Lord as we thank him for this offering. Jesus, we love you. We give you all the glory and the power and the honor. We just thank you for who you are. And we know your word tells us to be, uh, to be, calls us to be a cheerful giver. God, because we've been given so much, we want to give back. And so, Lord, would you take this offering that we're about to receive for your glory um, as we honor your name this morning. We ask all things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ.
say thank you to everybody for coming up and serving at Trunk and Treat this week. There were uh, there were about 600 kids. That probably puts us at 800 or 1,000 people. Thank God for that. I want to thank you. You know, when you see 40 trunks out there, 40 of our families out there serving the Lord, I know it was an investment of your time, investment of your finances. You went out and bought candy. You showed up, and you said, the church is asking us to serve, and you showed up to serve. And I applaud you, church. What an incredible church we have to have that many people. And you sat in the rain nonetheless. You sat in the rain, and these people stood in the rain. Isn't that amazing, you know, what we won't do for our kids, huh? You stand in the rain for an hour for a, for a Tootsie Roll. It's amazing. So... We're just so thankful for what you've done because I want you to catch this. We're talking about ghost stories, the Holy Ghost. Um, when you came up here and you served, there were like 40 cars over there. And that was like really like 100 people, maybe 150 of our own church family up here. Those little kids that come by and got candy, they got touched by a whole lot of the Holy Spirit. Like the Holy Spirit was there and you were smiling at them. And it was raining, and you weren't complaining. I didn't hear one complaint. Thank God I didn't hear it. <laughs> you might have complained, but I didn't hear it. But it's just like you didn't complain. You served tirelessly, and God just worked. And so uh, let's just applaud our church today. I want to thank God for such a great church. What a great church. You know? And what he's doing in our community, and he's using people. You know, some people, that'll be their first experience with our church, was the kindness and love that we gave to them this past week. And so I want to thank you for, for your service to, to the Lord here at the church and what God's doing in your life here at the church. I want you to begin to get ready. You look in the bulletin, you'll see the birthday gift to Jesus. You can look at that later, but take that home, begin to pray over it. It's our highest school ever. We're going to be, we're going to be, uh, Sending out $90,000 worth of projects all around the globe. And I want you to begin to pray about your part. We'll start talking more about that next week. If you'd like to begin to give to that, you can start to give to that next week. Just designate it as birthday gift to Jesus, and uh, it will go directly towards those missionaries. So we're excited about what God is doing. Ghost stories. We've been in our series talking about the Holy Ghost, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit. If we did not have the Holy Spirit, how hard life would be. Like, you can't live this Christian life on your own. You, you need the Spirit. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. So last week, we started this journey talking a little bit about the power. Like, we talked about His presence. Now we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you start looking at the power of the Holy Spirit, you start to understand that He has given us His power to do something here on earth. Like, he didn't just leave us so that we could come to church and sing songs and feel good about ourselves. That's kind of like the smallest part of the deal. He left us here on earth so that we could bring all people unto himself. And so last week we started off with this, and just to recap here, the Holy Spirit gives you the power to talk about Jesus. Uh, There's a reason that he gives you power, and the power is not for you. It's for you to be able to talk about Jesus and let somebody else know about God. You know, um, in, he, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he, Jesus said this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And so he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, Jesus was leaving, 
And he's saying, I'm sending my Holy Spirit. And, and he, he had taught them that he's going to be, he's going to indwell them. He's going to live with them. And it's, it's just it's so powerful. And that's what's happened to you and I. The moment you trust Jesus as your Savior, he, the Holy Spirit indwells you. Okay? So in Acts 1.8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be my witnesses. There's what the power is for. The power is to be the witness, to be the, to testify what you have seen and heard. Now many of the direct audience, they had seen and heard Jesus was on the cross. They saw him, uh, killed. They saw that he was risen. 500 witnesses saw him alive. So he says, you're going to be my witnesses. So, and you will, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. So we, we talked last week about this, this uh, geographic landscape and it was, uh, just, uh, it would spread out and so it would go all over the world. And so, you know, we need this. It, the word power there is dynamite. Uh, in the Greek, it, mean, it, it means dynamite. And so when you, when you want some power, you come to God. He has this explosive power, and it's, and it's a dynamite power, and it is used not for yourself. It's used for the mission that God has placed for you. And when he, when he dispenses that power, it's about witnessing. It's about telling people about who he is. So the first thing we see here is that he gives us the power to talk about Jesus. Um, you know what? We need power to be able to talk about Jesus. You know why? Because somebody's life is going to get transformed. When you share Jesus, like you're at a restaurant and you share Jesus. You're, you're at a family gathering and you share Jesus. So wherever it is that you share the name of Jesus, somebody's life is at stake and somebody's life is, is ready to be transformed, to be freed from the power of sin. Uh, last week we had we had uh, a weekend of baptisms. On Sunday we had Rand Colleen Beckinger got baptized in our first service. We had Blake got baptized in our second service. Christine Scott got baptized in the first service. Saturday night a lady by the name of Jean Molinix got baptized. I want you to hear Jean's story here from last week. Uh, we played this just before she got baptized because I want you to catch the power. Why we need the power? Because people's lives are transformed. Hi, my name is Jean Mullinex. I'm here to give my testimonial as to how I came to Jesus. The life I was leading before I knew Jesus was one of broken, a lot of brokenness. I was running with the devil. I just did what I wanted when I wanted. And one night I was out and I was getting high and I was drinking and I came home. And I couldn't sleep because I was so high. But I had eaten. And I went into the bathroom to get sick. And when I got sick, it got lodged in my throat and in my nose. I couldn't breathe. I thought I was going to die. And I asked God for forgiveness. And that's the last thing that I remember. And then I woke up. It was July 29, 1988, at 7 a.m. in the morning. And I knew that Jesus had saved me for a reason. And that's when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. And my life has changed dramatically. After that, three months later, I went and I got myself enrolled in nursing school. I've been a nurse for 29 years. I've been helping people. Um, Jesus has been into my life. I am, I am happier. I am a loving, caring person. Um, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and He will always be my Savior. 
We just thank God for that story. I'll tell you what. Everybody has a story, and I want you to think about this, because here was Jean. She came in, uh, and she says, listen, my life, I was ready to, uh, it was over. I had no point. And her sister had prayed for her. Her sister had talked to her about Jesus for many years. And, and as her sister kept talking to her about Jesus, she kept praying. And then one day, Jean comes home, and her life is totally transformed. Like, she's, she, you know, she's high, she's drunk, she's trying to just solve this thing, and she almost dies. You sit down and you talk to her, she'll tell you the very moment. She, knows, she says, I remember the day, I remember the hour that Jesus got a hold of me, because it was powerful. And folks, we need God's power to be able to share Jesus with other people. There are so many people in our life that need this message, like people in your community, people where you live, where you work, where you play. Um, the, these are the people that God has placed in our life that need this. As we continue, we said that you'll, he'll give you power when you are weak. And so there's times in our life that uh, the Holy Spirit will give us power when we're weak. And so, you know, we don't have to go out and do this in our own strength. We can't, we can't just keep uh, doing something in, in, in our own human nature. Like God, the Holy Spirit says, listen, I know your weakness. And, and he even prays for us. And we shared this last week, Romans 8, 26. The Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And so we see that the, the Spirit of God prays on our behalf. So the Holy Spirit is there. He's your helper, and He's praying for you. He's there when you are weak. Second Corinthians 12.9, such a powerful verse. The Apostle Paul said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. You see, God's not looking for our strength. He's looking for your surrender. Because in your surrender, see, whenever our weakness, where we're weak, God says, I am strong. God doesn't want to have a power struggle in your life. See, the Holy Spirit's not looking to compete with you. He doesn't need, like when I'm up here speaking, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to be competing with my ego. My ego has to go way in the back, and the Holy Spirit has got to take the front step. And the same it is with, the, with whatever God has called you to do today, tomorrow, in your work, in your vocation, wherever you're at. Our weakness, it's in our weakness that his strength is made perfect. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities than the power of Christ that may rest on, uh, than, uh, in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He'll give us power to have hope in a hopeless world. You know, we live in a world that's just filled with hopelessness. Um, like Jean said in her story there, just hopelessness, like emptiness and brokenness. And you know what? I think most people in our world are empty and broken and hopeless and don't even know it. Like we get all excited. You know, today at one o'clock, there's a football game, right? We're going to get all excited about that. But I'll tell you what, if that was all there is to life, We've missed it, and, we, and, and there's emptiness. And, and I think many people are, are, are slowly coming to find that out. It's like, listen, these things are fun, and the, the entertainment and all the joys that this world can offer, it, it only produces so much. But God is the one who produces hope. Um, he says it all over his word about the hope that God gives us. He will give you hope to have hope in a hopeless world. 
Um, Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Look, look where, where, where does joy and peace come? It comes from the hope that's in God. May the God of all hope, his hope, he gives you this hope. May it fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. Folks, we've got to be the people. God's called us to be the people that are going to overflow with hope. You know, do you ever get around a Christian who's just kind of miserable? They're miserable, aren't they? You know, how's how you doing? Well, I don't know. Eeyore, right? You know, it's just like, you know, you, you, listen, God, God says, man, I've given you hope. I have given you a future. I have a plan for your life. And we're just, well, you know, the world's so bad and who I voted for didn't get in. And Oh, my goodness. If your hope is in who you voted for, that's very limited, folks. Very limited. At the most, you got four years. Maybe eight. <laughs> okay? Listen, you don't have, when you have hope in God, you have limitless hope. Man, I have, no matter how bad it gets, and it gets bad, I have hope. Because my hope is not in my circumstances to change. My hope is in God who holds the universe and the God who says that I have a a bright hope and a bright future for you. And when we start to understand that, look, God's called us to overflow with hope. Man, I'm out in the community. I, I, I do a lot of things in the community. I'm not out there necessarily giving a sermon. I'm out there overflowing with hope. Most people don't have hope. Experiment with this today. Because I know you're all racing out to watch the football game. So after the football game, whenever you go home and, uh, and you go out to dinner tonight, I want you to overflow with hope. Like, like let it exude the joy that comes from the hope that comes from him. And so this is from the Spirit of God. And so as we, we understand that his presence is with me, no matter how bad it is, his Spirit is with me. And he, uh, he is the purveyor of hope. He is hope. Uh, the Holy Spirit will give you the power to experience the fullness of God. I mean, you want to experience the fullness of God. I, many people think that Christianity is just... Oh, yeah, I trust Jesus, and maybe you got baptized, and maybe you go to church, and I agree to the right things. Let me tell you, there's so much more. There's so much more. You, you have the God of the universe who is living in you, and he wants to guide you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to, uh, to, to lead you in your daily life, and you never are alone. You're never alone. You may be by yourself in a room, but you're never alone. Like the Holy Spirit, he's right there with you. Some of you men have to travel for work. The Holy Spirit goes with you on every one of those travels. He's with you every day. Some of you men are out there doing some dangerous jobs and things are hard out there at times. May I say this to you, that the Holy Spirit is right there with you. You can call on him. He's your comforter. He's your protector. He is everything that you need. And yet many times in our own manliness, we try to take this on on our own. But the Holy Spirit gives us the power to experience the fullness of God. And the fullness of God is to understand who he is. And it's so much more than the Sunday thing. See, there's the Sunday thing, and then there's the every hour thing. And God says, I want you to experience the every hour thing. Look here at Ephesians 3.16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. There's the key word again. 
Power through His Spirit. How will you get strength at your job, men? It's the power through the Spirit of God. Moms, you're trying to raise these children out there. That's the hardest job in the world. How is God, how are you going to do it? It's through the power of the Spirit of God that He may strengthen you. You get your strength not by circumstances changing. You get your strength by the God of the universe who indwells you, dispensing His power. Um, I pray that He may strengthen you with the power through the Spirit, through His Spirit in your inner being. That's in your soul. So that the Christ, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power. There it is again, that you may have power together with the saints. See, together, as the body of Christ, when we come together, there's even more power as we get together. To grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You go into your job, and you get bad news. Your position's been eliminated. You need the fullness of God. Like you gave everything for this job and like you've made so many sacrifices and so many surrenders. To, this is my career. And then all of a sudden like that, it's gone. Clear your desk. You're out of here. We're going to give you a severance package. And that's all there is to it. He says, may you have the power to know how wide, how deep, how long is the love of God. May you experience the fullness of God. And you see, that is such a big difference, folks, isn't it? Than I did the Sunday thing. Because the Monday thing's coming. The Tuesday thing is coming. And the everyday thing is coming. And so God says, may you understand who he is. The fullness of God. And so this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to walk in the fullness of God. And you cannot walk in the fullness of God by a mere mental ascent. You cannot walk in the fullness of God by trying to do it in your own power. It's about this relationship with God. Man, there was an old hymn we used to sing years ago, I Need Thee Every Hour. Man, I love that song. I need thee every hour. Every hour I need God. There's not one hour that goes by that I do not need God. And that's what we're talking about here. It's in the fullness. Man, I, I can't live this life without you. God, I need you every hour. I need you to produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Folks, those aren't natural qualities. The Spirit of God has to produce that in my life. I need patience. God has to produce that in my life. Kindness. Man, we're not naturally kind. We're naturally protective. We're naturally defensive. I need the power of God to produce this. And folks, this is how God transforms lives. You saw Jean's story this morning. She is a transformed person. She is dispensing love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness at her job every day now. And she gives the glory to God because she remembers the day that she was in bondage to sin. She remembers the day that she was far from God and God drew, drew her unto himself. And the Holy Spirit has been at work in her life ever since. And then what I want to share with you this morning is that this is so the burden is so on God. 
Let me share with you how much the burden is on God. The Holy Spirit will equip you to do what God wants you to do. Would you read that with me out loud? The Holy Spirit will equip you to do what God wants you to do. So God has a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you is to, to prosper you, right? So, so we know that God has a plan that he's going to be working in your life. And so we don't understand the plan, but we know that God has the plan. And the Holy Spirit will equip you to do exactly what he wants you to do. I like what C.S. Lewis said. He said, where the Holy Ghost implants, um, I'm sorry, C.H. Spurden said this, where the Holy Ghost implants the divine life in the soul, there is a precious deposit that none of the refinements of education can equal. The thief on the cross excels Caesar on his throne. Lazarus among the dogs is better than Cicero among the senators. And the most unlettered Christian in the sight of God is superior to Plato. And I want you to catch this because it's the power of God. There's something so special that God does in our work. And what he does is he equips you. So God has placed you where he wants you to be. Monday morning, we're all going to go different ways tomorrow morning. Everybody's going to be all over Pittsburgh. Some of you will be in the city. Some of you will be in, in the south. Some will be in the east and the west. We have literally in our church, there are hundreds of people, and we work all over the place. And may I share this, that God says, I have a plan, and I placed you into those places, and I am going to equip you to do what I want you to do. See, this is so much more than what's happening on Sunday, because what happens on Sunday is an hour to two to three, but what's happening on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday is your entire life. And so God is with you, and he has given you these spiritual gifts that he wants you to have. And, and, and so spiritual gifts, it's, it's like when you became a believer, you, you trusted Christ, you surrendered, you humbled yourself in the sight of an almighty God, the almighty God says, I am going to take you from here. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. Verse 10. For we are God's workmanship created to do what he's called us to do. He has a good work that he has planned in advance for you to do. Whoa. The Holy Spirit is going to not send you out there to do something that you can't do. The Holy Spirit, number one, is going with you. And number two, he is, he's given you some passions. He's given you some gifting. And so let's look here at what 1 Corinthians says here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. So what he's saying is, I don't want you to be uninformed. And he's saying, I want you to catch this because as a follower of Christ, there are spiritual gifts. And God has given, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, I want you to think about your own life because God has given you a gift. He has somewhere along the journey given you something he wants you to do and he's equipped you to do it. That's what a gift is, okay? Uh, and the word there in the Greek, when it says spiritual gifts, that's, uh, that's the best that we can translate it. What it is, is it, the, the word is really this. God has given you spirituals. In other words, God has given you this manifestation of the Spirit of God in your life. That's how you know you're a believer. Like the Spirit of God is at work and, and you can, you, He bears witness with you, right? So Paul says, in the Greek, it's like this. Now concerning the spirituals, 
I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant because God has given you some way he's going to manifest. You know that when you were Gentiles, verse 2, you know that when you were Gentiles, carried away, so before you came to God, you know that you were carried away by dumb idols, um, speechless idols. The word dumb meaning speechless there, okay? Um, However you were led. Therefore, I make known to you the one speaking by the Spirit of God calls... uh, I'm sorry... Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So he's telling us about the rich work of the Spirit of God in our lives. He says there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of affirmities. Uh, uh, diversities of activities. I can learn how to read, right? There are diversities of activities, but in the same God who works all in all. Listen, within the body, there are so many gifts in our church. It's incredible when you watch and you see how God has, God has given each one of you a spiritual gift. And it's like, you became a follower of Christ. God says, okay, you're going to work for me now. All right, and here's your tools. And all of a sudden, you have a new passion. You have a new uh, sweet spot, if you will. But the manifestation, that means the expression, okay? The manifestation of the Spirit, the expression of the Spirit, your spiritual gift, is given to each one for the profit of all. So God has given to you a spiritual gift. If you're a follower of Christ, he's given to you a spiritual gift, and it's not for you. It's for the body. It's for all of us. It's for God left us with this mission to go and make disciples, right? So the church has got to operate to go and make disciples. And he's given each one of us a different gift. He says it right there. Some have different ministries. You know, everybody has a different passion. And so as you go through and you study the gifts in the Bible, you'll see that there's about three or four passages. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Ephesians 4, some of the key passages that talk about the spiritual gifts. And I'm just going to read to you a list of gifts from those passages. Over in Romans 12, we see the gift of exhortation or encouragement, uh, a giving, ruling, showing mercy, teaching, prophecy, ministry. Over in 1 Corinthians 12, you will continue to read the passage we were at this morning. Uh, he's given the gift of some to be apostles, prophecy, teaching, miracles, healing, tongues, and interpretation, wisdom, knowledge, healing, faith, discernment, kinds of tongues. And folks, when you see tongues in the Bible, I want you to think languages. See, God has given, back, there was an inaugural thing that happened. The Holy Spirit came, and when the Holy Spirit came, it was new. And so what happened was he gave them, he gave them the ability to go out and to speak another language so that somebody who did not know Jesus, they could speak in that tongue. You've heard that word mother tongue before? What's your mother tongue? It's the same usage there. So, so you would go out and, and somebody could go out and they could speak to somebody. It'd be like me going on an Ecuador missions trip. Not knowing Spanish and being able to speak and they would understand and come to Christ. I'll tell you what, when I go down there, I don't have the gift of languages. You know, it's, it, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> 
I, I speak my broken English. Everybody thinks I have an Italian accent whenever I go down there. It's, it's not even Ecuadorian, right? Um, so, so listen, there were some gifts that were for inaugural moments. The Spirit came and it was a fresh move. Why? Because they did not yet have the completed Scripture. You know, uh, Samson, I shared with you last week about Samson. Samson, when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, he ripped a lion's jaw apart. I've never heard anybody saying, I'd like that gift. So listen, as you go through the Scriptures, you, you want to look at this and say, okay, don't seek a gift. Seek the giver. You got that? Don't seek a gift. Seek the giver. Because God is equipping you to do, and he wants you to follow through in an area that he's asked us all to obey in. Over in Ephesians, he says that some of our apostles, uh, the word apostle means one cent. Today, that would be like a missionary, one cent, a, a leader, one who, who, who can lead. Uh, prophecy, uh, when you think prophecy in, in today's term, don't think of foretelling, think, think of forth-telling. Like a prophecy, uh, when we open the Bible and we read the, the revelation that we already have, and it speaks into your life. So there may be some times that we're studying the Bible in church, and as we speak it, all of a sudden God speaks to you, but it's through his word. We always take these gifts back to the scripture, okay? Um, evangelist, there's the gift of an evangelist. A shepherd, a teacher. And so these are all needed in the body of Christ. And so God has placed them all. And folks, whenever, you know, he continues on in chapter, in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, it's so the body may function properly. Think about this. If your left elbow has an itch, what does it take to deal with that? Your left elbow sends a signal up to your brain. I'm itchy. You're like, I know. Okay? Your brain sends a dispatch over to your right hand. In order for your right hand to move, your shoulder gets involved. In order for your shoulder to get involved, your brain has to tell your shoulder, your elbow, and your arm to do this fancy move to come all the way across and scratch. Is the, is the right hand any less than the elbow? No, but it all works together. Is the brain any less because you don't see it? No, it all works together. And then what happens? You, you scratch it. Then your left elbow sends a, brain, a, a message back to the brain. Hey, I need more. You send back over to the thing. Stop. Don't stop. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep going. And, 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 and so the body functions properly whenever we function properly. And we don't look at somebody else and say, I wish I had that gift or I need to have that gift. No, God has put us all together in the body of Christ so that we may function to honor and glorify him. Because you don't see the liver does not mean that your liver is not important. Because you cannot see your kidneys does not mean that the kidneys have no value. And so God placed us all in this thing together. And a lot of times the mouth gets all the credit. But I'll tell you what, this mouth ain't running without two good kidneys. This mouth ain't running without a pumping heart. This mouth ain't running without all kind of stuff. And I want you to catch that because the body of Christ, you are so important. God has given you a gift. And I want you to think, what is the spiritual gift that he has given you? A few principles to help guide us along the journey um, to understand your spiritual gift. Spiritual gifts bestow an unusual effectiveness and a responsibility given to all believers. 
So God's given a responsibility to all believers, and here's they are, here they are, to serve, to evangelize, that means just to share Jesus, to help people come to a saving knowledge, to pray, to intercede for others, praying for other people, to trust God for provision, to be, to give, to be generous, to encourage one another, and the list goes on and on and on. So some people may have the gift of evangelism. Other people may have the gift of giving. Other people have the gift of helps, like they love to serve. And it does not mean because I have this gift that I'm off the hook for this responsibility. It just means that this is my sweet spot over here. Um, We discover our spiritual gifts when we actively pursue the priorities of Christ. When we actively pursue what God has called us to do. He's called us all to evangelize. As we obey these commands God gave to all believers, we now, God will reveal to us through our experiences in obedience to the testimony of God's work in our life, what we see him doing. As you respond to him, you get to see him continue to work and you'll begin to find out, well, this is my sweet spot. This is my spiritual gift. The Spirit of God called out Paul and Barnabas, for example, to a special gifting of evangelism. And he directed the church to send them out to the nations as their ambassadors. So the church gathered around Paul and Barnabas. They laid on of hands. And by the way, anytime you see laying on of hands in the scripture, it's identification. That's all they did was they identified with them and they prayed and they asked God to, to work mightily. This happened because they were evangelizing their neighbors already. They were already evangelizing their neighbors. And, uh, and so God called them. And so God's not going to call somebody to be a missionary. He's not giving them a gift of, to be a missionary unless you're talking to your neighbor. Like, wouldn't that be wild? Oh, I'm going to be a missionary. Who have you told about Jesus? Nobody. But I will when I get to Haiti. <laughs> you know? Whoa. Okay? So God is going to do this as we begin to obey I want to share this with you in my own life. Uh, I've watched how the gifts have developed in my own life. I'm going to put this picture up. This is a picture. That is your pastor there when he was 14. When I was 14, I was on a missions trip in Haiti. And I was taught here at the church to obey Jesus. Like he said to go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? To tell everybody about Jesus. So... I began to get passionate about it. And if you look, who's right next to me? Can you see the guy next to me? You might not recognize him because he doesn't have gray hair in that picture. That was Pastor John. Pastor John took me on a mission trip when I was 13, 14 years old to the island of Haiti. And he knew that I was so excited to tell somebody about Jesus. And in 1 Timothy, there's a verse that says, To fan the flame of your gift. Like, you know when you come up to a fire and you go, get a little bit of oxygen in there, right? Fan that flame. That's what Pastor John did with me. I was so zealous. I'm holding up what is known as the wordless book in this picture. My favorite book, because there's no words. It's just you get it done fast, right? So I'm holding up the wordless book, and I'm sharing the gospel of Jesus as a 13-year-old kid out in the island of Haiti. We're on the street corner. You, you look a little bit over, you'll see Ron Gamender's head turn. Those of you that remember Ron Gamender, um, you, you see him there. Uh, there's so many good memories. There's a number of church people that this is, you know, that's 40 years ago. It's crazy, isn't it? 
But what happened was somebody came. The, the guy with the microphone, he just passed away. His, his name was Pastor Francois. We, we supported him on our birthday gift to Jesus ever since we were on that trip. And, uh, and we still continue to support his son now. He just passed away a year or two ago. But I want you to catch this. When you find what God is doing in your life, fan the flame of that. Like, go there. I'm responsible. We are all responsible to tell people about Jesus. But I, I found like this crazy passion of mine. I could get up and do crazy stuff like that. Like, it was like, who, who wants to do that? Who wants to stand up in front of people like that, right? John, you were with me. Johnny Momentus was down there, right? Brian Gamender was on that trip. We, 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 we have a lot of good memories of those days. But you know what happened? Some of my friends thought I was crazy standing up with that wordless book, right? They still think I'm crazy standing up here, right? But, but listen, it's because God placed the gift. So one of my gifts is evangelism. I love to share Jesus. Now, that's a responsibility for everybody. But I love to share Jesus. And so what will happen in your life is you will begin to see how the Spirit of God is moving in your life. And you'll go down that trap. For example, some of you have the gift of showing mercy. Like, you get around Diane Mussey. She was our secretary for 40 years. You know, Diane to this day will do anything that you ask her to do. She is a mercy giver. Like, sometimes I'm afraid to tell her that we need anything because I know she'll do it. She's trying to be retired, right? She retired, but she's still coming in and helping us every now and then. She makes the bulletin that you read every week. She still continues to do that. She's a mercy giver. Like, if she knew that you had a problem, she'd be at your house tonight. She, it, it, it's, it, it's in eight in her. Like, somebody could come to you and tell you a problem. You'd say, ah, oh, you'd forget about it. Diane will lose sleep about it. Because she has this gift of mercy. Other people have the gift of helps. Like they're, they're good at serving. I, I, you know, there's, a, there's an 84-year-old guy in our church that comes up here and he builds stuff. And it's like, you know, that's a natural ability to build, but it becomes a spiritual gift when you start to understand that's a sweet spot. And he comes up here. He was up here this week. I saw him Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Five days he was up here, 84 years old, and he says, this is my gift. And he always asks me, is somebody coming to Jesus? We say, yeah. He goes, I'm happy. I'm happy. That's his gift. So I want you to catch this because the Holy Spirit is going to work, and he's going to give you something that he wants you to do, and he's going to equip you to do it. A spiritual gift usually reveals itself at the confluence of what we are passionate about, what we are good at, and the affirmation of others. What you are passionate about. Some of you have a passion to go and feed homeless people. I want to encourage you to go feed homeless people. Others of you have a passion for literacy. You want to help people with literacy. There's people that need to still learn how to read in our communities, in our towns, in helping children. Some of you have a passion for children. Some of you have a passion to go and build things. I want to encourage you to go to that sweet spot that God has laid on your heart. And it is right there where, where you come together with what you're passionate about, what you're good at, and what, what other people have fanned the flame in your life. Look at this next chart up here this morning. This chart here shows the, the three circles, the, the affinity. That's what you're passionate about. Like you connect on this really powerfully. 
And then there's your ability. You have a natural ability. And by the way, sometimes God will work with a natural ability. Sometimes he'll give you a new ability. Like there are some people who are great orators, but they're not very good preachers. They could not, they could not because they do not have the gifting. Like public speaking is not the gift of preaching. The gift of preaching is whenever you come down and you're able to show the Word of God and the Holy Spirit does His job. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. When you walk out of here, it's because the Holy Spirit of God is touching your heart, not because of the talent. It's because of who He is. So, But there are some times that God will work with an ability. Like, you know, I'm kind of like this guy that can stand up front. God will start with that ability and then He gives His gifting to that. Um, there's affirmation like other people. So other people began to watch this in my life. And they said, hey, Ken, we noticed that you really love souls and you love to see people come to Jesus. So here, why don't you do this? And, and you know, years ago, I got an opportunity to stand up before and, 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 and before lost people and tell them about Jesus. And I was like, yes, I couldn't wait to go do that. And then then, like even still to this day, as you're operating in that gift zone, God will bring the opportunities your way. You know, like I, I was just called the other day. I got to go down. There was a, a veterans banquet. I went down on Friday. It was for our community over in Elizabeth. And the, the local state rep, they, they called. I'm like, why are they calling me? Because God has something prepared in advance for me to do. And when somebody calls me and says, hey, Pastor Ken, would you come and pray at our event? I guess whatever I had just got canceled because God has a plan. And so that's what I did. I just canceled, cleared my schedule. I said, no problem. I'll be there. I'll figure this out. And we went down. And so what, what do I get to do? I get to, I get to display Jesus. And so God will do that with your gift. See, it's not just the guy who stands up front here. He's going to do it with your gift. It may be your gift of, uh, of helps, your gift of serving, your gift of compassion. And as God works in your life, I want you to begin to continue to seek the giver of the gift. And then recognize that sweet spot and say, okay, God, I'm going to go where you're working. I'm going to watch you work in my life. Spiritual gifts arise out of the unique ways that God has written the life story in your life. He's writing your story and, and God's using, using your life and he's shaping you for his glory. I want you to just think about just, just your whole background. I know for me that God has placed me where I'm at today, and it's part of how he shaped me. I grew up in the city of Pittsburgh. I would never make it in rural America. You know, I have a friend who's a pastor about 40 minutes from here in rural America, and I tell him, I pray for him, and I bless him all the time. I say, God bless you. I could not handle it. I go out to find his, his, uh, his church, and I need a GPS every time I get out there, right? And, and when I go out there, I'm like, dude, there's not even cell phone coverage out here. How are you pulling this off? He goes, oh, I just love it. Look at the cows. I'm like, dude, we eat cows. We don't look at cows. That's, there's two different ball games, right? So I come from over here and so God shaped me and, and you know, he's given me, uh, you know, like I thought I was going to take that, those days of Haiti. I thought I was going to go in Haiti and be a missionary. And no, that's not what God had. God had another plan because I didn't have that language thing, you know? I could go to school for five years and still not have that language thing. It's just not how God has gifted me. God didn't place me there, right? But he gave me this yin's thing and that, <laughs> right? That's what he's done. 
And so I oozed Pittsburgh. And God shaped me to ooze Pittsburgh so that I can help people that know how to say yin's in that find Jesus in that. Isn't that powerful? Let's thank God. Let's thank God. And folks, that's what God wants to do in your life. I want you to look at this. It's not about being a full-time pastor. I happen to get to be up here, and it's a joy and a privilege. But I want you to know that Monday morning is just as much a joy and a privilege, and it's a greater privilege, to be honest with you. Because God has placed you and He's given you an audience of one, two, five, twenty-five, wherever you're at tomorrow. Some of you are school teachers. You're going to be in a room with twenty-five kids tomorrow. You're going to be preaching the gospel through the way you lived. Some of you are going to be in a cubicle, and you're going to be people are watching you, and they're watching to see your spiritual gift be displayed. Like God is going to do this through you, and it's and it's just how God shaped you. He's created you for His purpose. So let's live on mission and know that the Holy Spirit of God has given you this power. Next week, Eric McElvenny is going to speak. I want to encourage you, invite a veteran. Like, this is going to be big. Invite a veteran because somebody else is going to be up here and going to share his gifts. You ever watch Chariots of Fire? It's an old movie, right? Chariots of Fire. Eric Little in there. And Eric Little thought he was going to be a missionary and he was called to be a missionary but yet he took some time off to run the Olympics and there's a phrase in there where Eric Little says yeah I know God's called me to be a missionary but I know he's also made me fast and it's like God had a plan for Eric Little and he used him greatly gave him a tremendous platform next week Eric McElvenny he's a retired captain from the service lost his leg He's going to be sharing the message next week. And you're going to see how God shaped him and got him prepared for the platform that God gave him. And I want to encourage you, be here next week. Invite a veteran, two, three, four, whoever you know, and say, listen, come on out. We're going to honor all of our veterans here next week, but it's for the glory of God. And now do you see how the body works together? As we close here this morning for the fifth closing, I want you to catch this, all right? We live in Allegheny County, Washington and Allegheny County. Do you know that Allegheny County has the second highest per capita of aging population? 17.1% of all people who live in Allegheny County are 65 and over. That's a tremendous high. We're one of the highest in the nation. I want you to catch this. There's a lady in our church... She's 92. Her name is Lois Vandermeer. Lois Vandermeer sits on that last row every Sunday. She was here the first hour. I went out to visit Lois at her place. She lives in one of these senior citizen high-rise type of things. And I watched Lois using her spiritual gifts. She's sitting out there. She loves people. She talks. She goes, I moved here so I could be around people. I thought, 92 years old, and God still has a plan. Like, you're not forgotten, folks. God has a plan till the day you die. And he gave her a gift, and she's still using it. She's sitting on the last row this morning. She has a, she has a paper, and she's going through, and she's saying, you know, she's got like that administrative side, which I have very little of. She has a ton of that gift. And she's going through, and she's like checking off the names of people that are going to lunch on Thursday 
with the senior saints in our church. They're going down to pasta too. I might have to help them. A little spiritual guidance down there. Okay? She did invite me. I said I'm not old enough. She said you're big enough. It's okay. Don't worry. So, so, I, so listen. But do you, do you understand what she does? She's used by God. Like God said, I'm going to use 92-year-old Lois Vandermeer till the day she dies. And she's using her gift for God. But I just thought about this. With that aging population, have you noticed all around Pittsburgh they're building these things everywhere? Like there's another senior citizen being built here. This high-rise going here. Another one going there. And, and they're making them so different. They're not like they used to be. But what if God was talking to some of you about your gifts? Maybe you're a mercy giver and you could go over, sit with Lois and the people where Lois lives and play checkers. And maybe some of our men, maybe some of the men say, I don't have that gift, but I'd love to make things. And you can make things to sit on their lap, things to hold their remote. Maybe somebody else would be the person who gets to talk. Do you see how it works together? The left elbow has a need. The brain dispatches, and the right elbow meets it. This is the body of Christ. It's by the Spirit of God. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I invite you to Jesus. If you've not yet opened your heart to Jesus, would you respond to him this morning? Just say, God, I need you. You died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You came back to life again, and I trust you with my life right now. And if you just did that, the Holy Spirit stepped right into your life. He's with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. What a great God. And for others in this place, maybe God is moving in your life, and he, he's, he, I want you to go and, and seek the giver of the gift. And watch what God will display in your life. Watch. All of a sudden, maybe you'll see, wow, I have the gift of encouragement. I have the gift of teaching. I have the gift of uh, preaching. I have the gift of evangelism. I have the gift of encouragement and, and helps and serving. And what God will do. But he's called you and he's equipped you. God be with your people. Thank you for equipping us to do the very thing you want us to do. Be with your people now, Lord, as they leave this place and they enter the mission field. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together. Please greet those around you. God bless you. You are dismissed.